In this podcast, Pamela Barty, a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and developer of a $100 million real estate empire, will share her inspiring underdog comeback story. And along with those of her guests, she'll share how you too, as an underdog, can rise up and succeed against all odds. Here's your host, Pamela Barty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have an amazing guest here with me, Olivia. Olivia, how are you? I'm so good, and I'm so excited to be here with you, Pamela. So excited to have you. Your energy is amazing. I love the work that you do, how you show up on LinkedIn and everywhere else that I see you, and just everything (laughs) that you're doing in your world. So I am pumped to talk to you today. And, and hear all about your story. So I guess, you know, I always start with the loaded question, right? Like what inspired you on the path to where you are today? Oh, what did not inspire me? So long story short, I help women get their shit together when it comes down to their careers and earning potential and get them back on track with that purpose that they've always had, but never felt good enough to pursue. So what got me on track with that was really kind of struggling with that myself at a really young age. I tried to do the right things. I went to school in Boston, right near where you are, and kind of studied the things that I was supposed to study. And then I went into the workforce and the Great Recession happened and I lost my job, which was a shit job to begin with. And what ensued was me trying to, I applied to 1,231 jobs, literally 1,231 jobs. Holy crap. I got five interviews and zero job offers. Zero. And I'll remember it clearly, like this one particular week, the 1,231 job week, because obviously I was keeping track. I was in the unemployment office and I'd been there for hours, right? Because this was during the Great Recession. Like people would have to line up outside of the building, like starting 5 a.m. for when the doors opened at 7 to claim an unemployment jacket. You couldn't do it online. I remember vividly this one day, like I'd shown up at like five, there was like roughly 9 a.m. It was my turn. And when I go up to the clerk, I show him the list of jobs that I'd applied for. And this particular week I'd been rejected from McDonald's for two different positions. And then there was my, my resume there, which showed, you know, that I'd gone to Tufts University, which is a pretty good school in Boston. And that I had like an MBA and all these things. And the clerk looks at my list of jobs that I'd applied for that those last two weeks, looks at my resume and says, gee, I guess that expensive East Coast education didn't pay off, did it? I'm like, I didn't even make it out of the building. I collapsed to the ground and started bawling. I just like felt so shattered. It was such a shitty moment in my life. Because also, add to that, my dad had died a couple of months earlier and my husband was deployed in Iraq in a really dangerous job. So it was just like, oh my gosh, like my life is just, I remember just sitting there bawling in front of thousands of people. I didn't care at this point. I was like, why? All I want to do is be a contributing member of society. I want to feel worthy. Mm -hmm. And yet the workforce is just 
rejecting me left and right. Like, what am I doing wrong? And I just literally kind of got on my knees and I was like, if there's a God out there, like, why are you fucking me over? <laughs> Quite right. frankly. Like, right. And it was one of those moments where I just had this, you know, like when there's something deep inside of you, the kind of, it's almost like the, the color, like the phoenix rising from the ashes, what have you. But there's this voice that clearly spoke inside of me. It's not you who's broken. It's the system that's broken. I didn't really understand the meaning of that at that point in time. But it gave me enough encouragement to get up and like somehow make it back to my house, right? Where I was alone, my husband deployed every single time the phone rang or someone knocked at the door i was ready for them to come and tell me that my husband wasn't coming back for more right so i was like moping on one side because like he was a he was an officer in the army and just doing a very dangerous bomb clearing mission for 15 months and then on top of this like i i just like i was like feeling completely dejected and that ensued me like I went back home and I just remember I probably spent days thinking about this phrase because it was just so vivid inside of me, like coming back, coming back. Like, it's just not you. It's a system that's broken. I'm like, what the fuck does this even mean? Finally, it sank. I realized because I was grabbing my computer to start applying for more jobs. And I realized that's the problem. People are applying to jobs online, thinking that that's how you land your dream job. I'm just applying left and right for anything that shows up. And that's when I had the realization. On one end, I was going through an online like applicant tracking system, which was, you know how you hear about the resume pile, like you don't wanna land on the resume pile? Well, this was a virtual repository of resumes. And on the other hand, I wasn't even clear about what I wanted what kind of job I wanted to land. I was just like applying to things because I was desperate. Like mm. we often find ourselves we're needing money. We don't have the income and such. And then that's when it clicked. I'm like, this is not how you land your dream job. This is not how it happens. And from that, what ensued was me realizing that when it comes down to landing my dream job, what it took was what I, and what came really naturally after this realization was to do things the way I instinctively should do them. I followed my instincts and I said, you know what? I would love to work at the IDB, the Inter-American Development Bank, which is like equivalent of the World Bank, but for Latin America. And I would love to be managing budgets and projects. And I'm going to find out who does this. How can I get in this position? Like, how can I land this dream job? How can I network my way and have these conversations? And I'm going to land that job. I was like, I don't care if I've been rejected 1,231 times, but I'm going to land that job. And literally I did. Then I repeated this a couple of different times with different dream jobs, like working at Ivy Leagues and landing like cozy corner office jobs until eventually what I also realized after doing this like a couple of times for myself, I found myself advising other women on doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's almost like this is a different kind of pandemic is that women don't realize on one end what they want, but furthermore, they don't know how to go after it and they don't know how worthy they truly are. Like we've been sold this bill of goods. It just sucks like that. We're not worthy enough. You know all about this. I mean, 
you've built yourself from the ground up. Absolutely. And you said so many things that were so key. I just love you. First off, it's just like to be in that moment where like you're at rock bottom, right? Because that would be your definition of rock bottom of like all this stuff was hitting at once. You're applying for 1,231 jobs. Your husband's deployed. The situation and the unfortunate passing of your dad, which I'm so sorry for, by the way, in those moments, like how did you like propel through to elevate in the best way possible? Because that's like, because you're dealing with like every single like rejection and of course, anxiety, and then obviously pain and grief. I know there's people listening that are go- that are maybe going through something similar or experiencing one of those three. And how did you sort of break past that? Or what was sort of your, your process and how you got through it? So two things kind of generally come to mind whenever those, those rough moments hit. And I know you and I have talked at length before about like Tony Robbins and, and his work and such. And one of the things that he says that is so true, life is not happening to you. It's happening for you. Mm. And I truly think that as women, we are truly cut out to be one mother trucking resilient beast, if you will, to put it politely. I know that inside of every single woman and probably men too, but I'm not a man, so I can't really speak for them. There is resilience beyond measure. And if you can find yourself in that hole, in that dark place and have the sight or the foresight or insight, whatever you want to call it to say, I'm willing to see this differently. What is the reason for this to be happening? Whenever tragedy has hit in my life and in my family, and you know, whether this was like my brother also died, I had three miscarriages, all sorts of different things have happened, which they happen to so many women. We don't usually talk about these things, right? But every juncture, I've found resilience in asking myself, what is this going to help me learn so that I later can teach? Because I think that that's absolutely true. Like all of these failures, all of these things that happen to us, happen to us now, and maybe we can't see it now. But eventually, Mm -hmm. once the lesson has been accomplished, once you've gone through that hell and come out on the other side, it's going to be your turn to help someone else come out of that. A hundred percent. It's like, you know, a lot of times what happens is we spend so much time reacting right? Mm-hmm. Instead of becoming aware of the situation, like, okay, what can I learn from this situation? Because it, it's so hard to step back and be like, what's happening here? Why is this happening? What am I meant to learn? Because the problem is at that point in time, like you don't really know why that's happening. You usually see it from the outside looking in like later down the line, but there's always a reason or there's always something that happens there's blessings in disguise there's all these different things because i especially in your case right where you got rejected 1231 times like would you have been pushed to be where you are if you didn't have those rejections hell no hell no like i wouldn't be in a position where i've helped at this point tens of thousands of women reclaim or claim tens of millions of dollars that they were leaving at the negotiation table like i there would never I would never have the knowledge or the tools or the insight or the wisdom to help women at all career levels. 
because I wouldn't have the experience. And that's, that's the same with all of us. Like if we don't go through these experiences, I personally really believe that our biggest failures are what we are here to teach. Once you get over the hump, realize that it's okay to have failed and to have miserable moments that you don't really want to talk about, that you don't want to share with the world. That right there, when you learn to embrace it, you're going to make a difference. Whether you're doing it as a business owner or as an employee or as a friend or as a mom or a parent, when you embrace that failure, that's going to make a difference in somebody else's life. That's so powerful. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole reason why I started this podcast, right? Was to show people like, Hey, there's common denominators in all of us. There's an underdog story in all of us. We just don't talk about it. And here we are, we're here to talk about it, to know that you're not alone. Right? So those women, the reason why you've been able to impact the way that you have is because you can connect. You're like, Hey man, I've, Hey woman, (laughs) I've been there. I've done that. (laughs) Right. I've not been there. I've done that, but like, you know, I've had my hardships. And here's how I came out on the other side. And that is the most amazing thing to learn that vulnerability is actually a strength and not a weakness Mm -hmm. is like the coolest thing. And I'm just so inspired by you and that you're, you know, you took this to a whole nother level. So when you transitioned and you got that dream job and then so sort of walk me through how you created basically your own business from that. Walk me through that a little bit too, because sometimes, you know, golden handcuffs catch a lot of people, right? And they don't want to go off on their own and start their own thing. Right. My background, and this is one of the things that I kind of fell into, right? That feel that I was like, I don't even know how I landed into this industry, but my background is in compensation. So like, Mm. I'm an expert in people's salaries. And this is kind of the kind of field that I ended up not by design, but I ended up being pretty good at like looking at people, figuring out how much they were worth and helping companies set salaries, right. And recommend salaries. And actually one day, and I was like at the peak of my career, I read an article by Sheryl Sandberg. I think it was in the New York times, something kind of blaming the gender wage gap on companies and organizations, right? The companies weren't being transparent enough and that governments, sorry, not organizations and governments weren't doing enough for women. Mm. And I got kind of mad. I actually got really pissed. I was like, you know what? No, screw this. I'm the one setting people's salaries and I'm being completely impartial to race, gender, and all of those nuances. There are enough government regulations here to like ensure that we're not discriminating. And so I kind of went out to prove that there was no gender wage gap. I looked through thousands of salary recommendations that I'd suggested or that I'd sent on to hiring managers where, you know, I'd given them like a range for their identified hire to hire between zero and a hundred percent. Right. And I looked at the data and the conversations with the hiring managers and looked at everything that was going on. And it did turn out that indeed we do have a gap that whenever we'd hire someone or a woman was being hired, she'd be hired hovering around the 25th percentile of the recommended range. And whenever a guy was being hired, he would be hovering around the 50th percentile of the range. So I was like, whoa, what gives? Like what's going on? So I kind of went down that rabbit hole and what ensued was me realizing that when it came down to it, it wasn't that there weren't enough government regulations or that the companies didn't want to pay fairly, but in the actual negotiation process women either didn't know what they were worth 
right? So mm. they just accept the offer. They'd just be so excited to start the job. They wouldn't even talk about salary. Or even if they did, they did not know how to ask for it. They didn't want to lose the job, so they wouldn't actually ask for it. Lo and behold, we did have a gap. Like, I was like, okay, we do have a gap. It's not for the reasons that we think we have it. It's really about women and kind of owning that responsibility. And at this point, I was like, this, this is my calling. I want to mm -hmm. teach women how to own the responsibility that if they want more money, it's on their shoulders. It's within their control to earn more. They just don't know how to do this because we haven't culturally been trained to do this either. Right. We think right. that in order to land our dream job, we have to be assertive. We have to negotiate like a man. But when it comes down to it, as women, we've got such better tools than guys do to advocate for ourselves, but we just don't know it. I love that. And then you just took the jump and started your advising business just straight from there. Yeah, I started coaching people on negotiations and slowly it started, it started building over time and I mean, now we've got thousands of women that we've helped everywhere. It's a team of people and, and it's just growing and it's grown like crazy. My work has been showcased on wide variety of platforms where I'm like, just like, I wake up every morning. I'm like, I, where did this all happen from? And it all just happened from a dream, from an underdog, right? Yes. Oh my God. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have to ask you, this is, you're basically superwoman. What did you want to be when you grew up? A veterinarian. Maybe still one day, right? Next round when I grow up. Same principles. You're helping people. You're helping. We do have a lot of animals. We live here in New Hampshire in the middle of nowhere. And I got like three golden retrievers, two cats, husband, kids. May as well be a veterinarian. <laughs> Same thing. Animals running everywhere. I love that. No, it's always so cool to ask um, and see because most people what they wanted to be when they grew up, somehow it's correlated to like where they are now. So you've got all the animals So see, it's still, it's always tied to your future self somehow. Exactly. Exactly. How about you? What did you want to do? I wanted to be Britney Spears. I wanted to be like yeah. a performer. Like that was my thing. Well, my big thing, the reason why I loved it so much is I loved basically like putting on a show and like making people happy. Like that was my big thing. And like, if I could do that, feel their energy that was always my most exciting thing so it's weird because now I'm heading into the speaker world so it's interesting how it's kind of like somewhat paralleled which is so interesting <laughs> so interesting I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing I'm really kind of glad that you didn't follow Britney's footsteps <laughs> I mean maybe I don't know what she's been up to these days it seems like things didn't quite turn out the way everybody expected in no. the long run for her Oh, God, no. But, you know, being a 90s kid growing up and Britney Spears was like the one. Like, that's what oh. you wanted to be. Like, oh, my God. So oh, have you ever ridden like on the Peloton bike? No, I've heard so much about them, but I have not ridden one yet. No. Well, you can use it like on your app if you have a stationary bike. But my favorite instructor is this guy called Cody Rigsby. And he jams out to Britney Spears every <laughs> single ride. There's absolutely <laughs> Britney Spears. And like, I love it because of that. Cause that was our time. Like that was our glory days. Like Britney yep. Spears, boys, NSYNC. NSYNC, all the glory. Oh yeah. And I always say like, when I have kids, like they're going to grow up listening to like that, like the jam. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the other one that I love was a little bit before our time, but Whitney Houston. Oh yeah. Oh, like Beautiful. jamming out. 
Kate Houston. Yeah. And we had like Pink too, Missy Elliott. Like, come on, like rebels, like amazing women in in our lifetime, which has been so incredible. I mean, we're blessed to be in this era, I think, where we are today. And I mentioned this last week I was at a retreat and I mentioned this to the people that I was with that my astrologer mentioned, we are entering the era of the divine feminine, which is really interesting, which is it's in the planets where we are right now in this point in time that the Me Too movement, all these things, female empowerment, everything is shifting in this point in time. Like it was meant in history to be like this because of the way that the planets are right now. And I thought it was so crazy because I'm like, what is this one big coincidence? So what an exciting time to be alive and to be a woman and like be part of like this whole revolution and just like amazingness. And that's exactly what you are. You know, you're an advocate, you're a warrior, you know, for everyone that you help and just women all around the world, which is so, so amazing. And like, you know, for, and I have a question for you, like, what would be like your biggest tips in negotiating? Because I know that this is definitely something that everyone's going <laughs> to take away from for sure, especially the ladies listening. I like your astrologer. She sounds like a very, very smart woman. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> the truth of the matter is like, when it comes down to negotiating and advocating for yourself, we have been led to believe, right? Because men were the first to market when it comes down to the workforce, finishing up the crops, all whatever like farm life was left. While the men went to work in industries, what, doing what was considered like modern day labor, right? So they mm. were the first when it comes down to setting the pace and setting the tone of what looks like success in the workforce. Mm. So when women entered World War II, World War I, like we started entering the workforce, as women, we're, we tend to follow, like we, we don't like to rock the boat, right? We don't want to kick, get kicked out of the tribe. So we followed suit with what it looked like to be successful like men in the workforce. Right. So this meant if we wanted to be successful in the workforce, we had to be assertive, uncompromising, direct yep. to you know, be a go getter and to really be determined. Right. Which are all if you think about it, those are all masculine traits. They're not right. feminine. And this is why for so long and this has been shifting very recently, women have tried to rise up in the workforce, trying to use these traits not realizing that when you use those so-called like nurturing skills those mothering yeah. skills right, you can be 10 times more successful at negotiating than a guy heck your case in point in real estate like you are an incredibly successful woman and there is not an ounce of macho feel to you you've done this <laughs> all of those tools and it's funny because women are like well what do you mean and i'm like well listen as someone who hangs out with a lot of negotiators some of the top negotiators in the world i'm gonna tell you who is the most revered negotiator of all times hands down by every negotiator top negotiator whether it's fbi hostage negotiators or multi-million dollar salary negotiations like big deal negotiation like do you know who it is no oprah winfrey Winfrey is considered hands down the world's best negotiator. Reason being, she can get anyone on her couch, whether it's Tom Cruise or someone on death row, to sit down and confess absolutely anything she wants them to. And she doesn't do it by being assertive, uncompromising, direct, pushing for an answer. She does it by being trusting, nurturing, 
empathetic, listening, all of those super nurturing and motherly skills. These are all tools that as women, we have just by virtue of being born female, regardless of your gender affiliation. You got everything you need to be an incredible negotiator, which is something that most women haven't been taught. Mm-hmm. If there were one question, if there were one thing that I could tell your listeners is like, understand that you have everything you need already to be an incredible negotiator. I love that. I love that. And I didn't know that about Oprah. Like she was lingering in my mind, but I'm like, I don't know if she qualifies. I didn't know. And it's a woman, like top negotiator in the world. That's so badass. I love that. She's yeah. It's phenomenal. Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh. And now like, what has been your favorite success story? Like in your career of advising women, like what has been like one of your best experiences that you've seen? So many stories. Like we have this little community, like it's a private small community called the empower society, but it's an empower her society. And It's just so cool to be part of something where women come in and on a daily basis, they start sharing their stories and how they're like starting to realize that, you know what, they themselves are God's gift to the world, whatever designation you might believe in, but like owning the fact that your creator did not fuck up when he or she created you and endowed Mm -hmm. you with all your visions is so powerful. And to be part of a community that does that, that, that like is growing into that, into those shoes. And as I say, like putting their big girl undies on and realizing, you know what, own it because you are truly the gift is kind of like loaded on a daily basis with amazing little miracles, if you will, that I'm like, just like, I just love what I do. So I think there's way too many stories for me to pick one specific one. I just think like the fact that it can see this change happening in women as someone whose goal is to close a gender wage gap, like it's just mm. incredible. I love that. What would be like your biggest piece of advice? You kind of already gave us a little nugget earlier, but like your biggest piece of advice, you know, for any woman who is looking to go to the next level, you know, and, and negotiate, or maybe she's going in front of an interview. She's going for, to an interview, like right now, listening to this podcast, you know, what, what would you say to her? That it all starts in your head. Absolutely. Every single time, if you want to make more money, like everybody will be like, Oh, I want to make a million dollars. Oh, I want to make $10 million. And yeah, that's a thought. But if your thought is not backed up by belief, you're never going to get there. So you really truly need to believe first Mm -hmm. and really believe which is the starting place for every single one of those changes that you want to see in your life, whether that's a bigger salary, whether that's a different career, whether it's your own business, like, you know, this yourself, you would have never found yourself in the shoes you find yourself now, if you didn't believe first that you were capable of doing this. Right. Right. Absolutely. And what I've found for me is writing it down. So there's some sort of magic about writing it down that like really, totally. Like, and it sounds so cliche and everyone's like, oh yeah, write it down. Like vision boards. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> but like, it's like literally like write it down in my calendar. I'm like, yeah, I have a digital calendar. Like I have like a right a calendar that I write like my goals down and something like it holds me accountable. And for some reason, for manifestation purposes, 
it just like elevates things to a whole new level. Have you experienced that as well? Oh, yes. I've got every year I do a vision board. In fact, like I have it on the other side of my screen. Every single year I update it and every single year, pretty much everything comes true on it, which is amazing. But journaling, absolutely. Like every morning. And I know people are like, oh, that's so cliche. Do you wake up and journal? I'm like, because I know Mm -hmm. not only does it help me digest the negative thoughts and kind of turn them Mm-hmm. into the kind of thought that makes me a resilient person, but it allows me to flesh out my dreams and my vision for where I want to go. Because again, if it's just a thought of, I want to be a millionaire, that's not going to take you anywhere. But if instead there's a belief that backs that up and you start asking yourself and you start exploring the ways in which, why this could actually happen to you, it changes the game. You show up with confidence. Absolutely. Writing it down and it also breaks it down. It makes all the steps like broke, breaks it down just a little bit, makes it that much easier. Okay. You want to, you know, you want a six figure job. Okay. What does that translate into, you know, per month, you know, like all these different, all these different things. So awesome. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I would say that too, you know, for the woman who's listening right now is going into an interview or going to get a new client for her business or whatever, like you said, and also to write it down. And that is so true. Why not you? And I have to ask you, Olivia, too, you know, based on all the amazingness that you know now, right? Like, what would your older self tell your younger self? That women like us were never cut out to be normal. Women who mm. have a gift, things will never be normal. So start enjoying it. I love that so much. I love that so much. And it's true, though. You know, growing up, I never fit into the mold like ever you know and it was like oh I'm going out to get a job and I just like meanwhile I was like helping my I started working for my parents when I was 10 years old so I I would just be at work helping my parents and even when I was in college I was going back and forth and helping out at their restaurant right like and then I would DJ on the side like I've never worked like anything corporate so it was always like weird to me like I could never understand like the framework right and like why I was so like outgoing and just like not normal Right. And it's like, I wish I could go back to my older, my younger self and just just roll with it. Stop being like, I want to be like my friends and get jobs and stuff like that. Cause that's what makes you uniquely you. Right. And furthermore, I mean, normal women don't change the world. So embrace the fact that you're not normal. Embrace Mm -hmm. it because you were not cut out to be normal. And that is what I, I'm teaching my kids. And what I wish someone would have told me as a younger woman is that stop trying. You're never going to be normal. And it's okay because women who changed the world were never cut out to be in a mold. Like they were never mm-hmm. cut out to be normal. And yeah. only time will tell. But if I can tell you fast forwarding a few years, like, that's what I would tell my younger self. That's amazing. I know that's similar to what I would tell my younger self too. I totally, I'm totally with you on that. Oh man. Uh, Olivia, now what's next in your world? Like, what are you up to in this day and age and what's coming up for you over like the next few months? Cause I know you're up to amazingness. We're on the verge of launching a money mindset course. I'm writing a new book. We're working, we're collaborating with again, that same bank that I worked for years ago. We're working with them to help women in Latin America kind of get their shit together again too. My team and I were just on a very determined mission to close the gender wage gap. And that's one of those things that like at some point was an idea, but now it's a true belief. Like 
kind of like your astrologer saying, like, this is the age of women. We are closing that gap in my lifetime. It's going to happen. I love that. Oh my God. I love that. And then also like your other programs that you, because I know you're obviously you're a coach and to just, you know, how anyone can find you and, and just an overview of your programs and all the amazingness that you are. Yeah. I mean, if you need any kind of help, just message me on LinkedIn. You can find me on social media as well. Ask at salarycoaching.com is like our team inbox where we receive queries of all sorts. And yeah, I mean, I do private coaching. I don't really have often very many slots for that, but we have all sorts of group programs that open every once in a while. We don't keep things open for very long just because we want to make sure like everybody who we take in and like our empower society is like a hell yes. Like I've been waiting to join. It's kind of like, it's not an expensive group at all. It's like 19 bucks to join, but all the women who are in there are diehard women who like want to be there and want to live absolutely unapologetically and not only help themselves, but help others grow as well. And I can't wait because you're coming what, in a couple of weeks to come and train these ladies. And it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. I can't either. I'm so passionate about helping women and just helping them own it. Right. Like it's like, I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. we are so much smarter than men. Okay. I love men. Men are great. Love you guys. But in terms of, in terms of emotional intelligence and relationship building, there's no way women are on the forefront of that. And that is why, you know, it was interesting this past weekend, there was a gentleman and he's so amazing. And he was saying, he's like, you know, it's been really interesting to see the pandemic, how women have really come together and men have been like lone wolves. Isn't that insane? Yeah. I thought about it and I was like, wait a minute. Yes, that's absolutely correct. Guys have kind of been like, I haven't seen them band together the way I've seen women band together during this time. And that that comes and stems from the relationship building, the emotional intelligence and us all coming together. Because That's what we do. We're, we're nurturing. We're relationship builders. Like that's what we do. Like such an exciting time. And to be part of your group is going to be so much fun. And I, you know, and I love women who are just like, all right, I'm going to go out there and get it. Let's do it. Let's all do it together. You know? to listen to your story because I've had the great fortune now of being interviewed by you and sharing my story but I can't wait for you to share your story on my platform oh my god I'm so pumped so many amazing things and I'm just thankful for the work that you do in closing that gender wage gap which has always been like a huge thing right in society now you're, you're out there doing it you're helping tens of thousands of women so I just want to commend you Olivia big time for for doing that and just not being afraid and unapologetic and just going out there and being like, no, no, you got this, you know? So thank you for the work that you do. And I'm just honored to have you here today. And just thank you so, so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I'm just going to return that compliment because you're a woman who is leading by example in a male dominated industry. You're fucking crushing it. So it's to both of us. Hats off to both of us today. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day with Pamela herself in Boston, Massachusetts. Be sure to go to theunderdogshow.com and pick up a copy of Pamela's free gift. And join us on the next episode.